Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dinner time is here. That's right. We're talking about episodes five and six of Hannibal season two on Dish by Dish. Well, greetings and salutations, Internet. It's your old pal, Patrick Hamilton, coming to you once again from the Baltimore State Hospital for the Criminally Insane, where I belong. This is the Dish by Dish podcast, a Hannibal Rewatch project. And as always, there's only one person I trust. And then if I have a lovely dinner party, she will take home some hors d'oeuvres so they can be analyzed later. The one, the only, Gina Radcliffe. How are you doing today, Gina? I'm good. I, I just hate how much I related to Dr. Chilton when he's looking <laughs> at the, the, the hors d'oeuvre that looks like a little shriveled chicken leg. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know what it is. It just looks like a tidy little like leg. And he just he just kind of looks at it like like I'm not eating that. <laughs> I mean, it might be a, a pigeon a lollipopped there, uh, where all the meat is pushed up to the very top of it. I'm not sure what it is, but it's, uh, it's like a really gruesome version of of that scene in in Big where where Tom Hanks is eating all the food and eats a little tiny you know uh, you know cor- uh, cup of corn, then he eats something else and like the proceeds like spit it out. <laughs> Oh boy, that now all we need is Tom Hanks portraying a 12 year old eating hors d'oeuvres at Hannibal Lecter's house. Just, just, have, stand, just have standing in the back, just have standing in the background, you know. I mean, <laughs> would he be that out of place? I don't think so. I, I just need to know like who all these other people are that, that Hannibal invites to his dinner parties. <laughs> That's true. Who are the hoy and polloi who make the cut? But and listen, here's the thing, though, uh, Gina, we have somebody on our guest list. That's right. She is a writer, a novelist. She's one half of the Let's Get Weirding podcast. We tried to talk about the stand together and then we decided, uh, no, this is a giant waste of time. But she is not. She is a kill by kill returning champion, but she's a new dinner guest here on Dish by Dish. The one, the only Bo North. How are you doing today, Bo? Hi, Patrick. Hi, Gina. Thanks so much for having me back. Oh, of I course. Mean, You're always welcome at our table. It's not that I gave you guys much choice. <laughs> <laughs> I think when, when you first started covering Hannibal, I, I took Gina aside and I was like, I have to be on the show. <laughs> you, you came you came to us like with specific episodes you wanted yeah. to do which i which i, which I love. I um, am an early devotee of this show. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's it's worth being passionate about. And I think that's true of a lot of people with Hannibal. There are certain things you're like, oh, I, I if you're going to talk about it, I need to talk about this. <laughs> you're not the only one, uh, but we'd love to have you on anytime we can get you. Of course, uh, the, the episode that you reached out to us uh, to talk about here is episode five. We're actually going to combine five and six because they, they play around in the same pool. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is worth noting. Mukozuke. Oh man, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna bastardize this. <laughs> Mukozuke. Uh, my apologies to the nation of Japan and all of its <laughs> citizens. It is a course that highlights uh, basically sashimi. Uh, it's raw fish, so it requires very delicate cut, uh, very delicate cuts that only a true professional can achieve. And that's why we start uh, learning that Beverly Katz has been cut into five delicate slices. It, it, I mean, what a way to open your show. <laughs> I mean, honest to God, it, it, like it, one thing you could say about this season mm-hmm. is is each episode really tries hard to top the last episode, <laughs> yeah, and, and mostly succeeds. I think they're trying to find a way to because this season, so much of it really focuses on world building and not just killers of the week. Those are sprinkled along the way, but. They're really trying to build an entire world of this because it's all kind of a pressure cooker and all the ingredients are really starting to come to a boil here because Hannibal has stepped into it. Mm-hmm. I don't think he, he certainly didn't have a, a choice <laughs> like most serial killers do when he finds detect, you know, special agent cats in his murder basement, he knows what he has to do and it's just the way he decides to do it that prompts discussion. 
<laughs> well, I, I think it, this is the point of the show. And and I mean, honestly, the show wasn't really you know, grounded in reality to begin with. Mm-hmm. But I, I think at this point, Brian Fuller's just decided, you know, we're just going to you know launch ourselves out of orbit and exist in another world entirely. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, and that world is the world of the movie The Cell. <laughs> um which uh, this has a, the, the, you know, kind of creating a sort of giant uh, series of you know, microscope slides mm-hmm. is lifted, I feel is lifted from, from a scene in that, in, in the cell. I mean, it's a horse in the cell, but it's still a very uh, uh, kind of gut-wrenching moment. And is also in turn inspired by an artist named Damien Hurst, who would, who would simulate splitting things into giant microscope microscope cells right. or slides rather um so i think that the the you know very very baroque stylings of the murders this season are just like yeah this is not anything that exists in, in a in a world that that is recognizably our world <laughs> Every, honestly, every everything is night everything is nightmare logic now <laughs> i honestly think that it's sort of the way season one was building up to season two this is very much building up to season three when in terms of how these discoveries are made how these bodies are arranged these tableaus that have been set up i mean it, it they just become more and more artistic as it goes and this is i mean <laughs> gruesome yes but very artistic absolutely gold, gold star for you hannibal oh yeah i mean the the in the episode 60 um the assemblyman i think who's uh yeah. who's made into a tree i'm like oh that's beautiful yeah but it also, absolutely. But it also looks like something in like the like a nirvana video at the same time oh yeah, yeah. sure yeah uh this brings it prompted a question for me um and that is how many glass plate people do you have on speed dial? He does all of that stuff himself. But how does he blow his own fucking glass? Like, <laughs> I understand. Maybe he's a real renaissance man. I mean, come on. <laughs> but th- this is uh, like the tree thing is like, I can understand like he's a horticulturist in, in a certain way, mm. or he's been planning this kind of thing for a, a while. But, like, he didn't plan to find cats in his basement. So (laughs) he kills her and freezes her. But then he's like, well, I got to call my glass guy because I got to (laughs) get 10 thick panes of glass that I can then (laughs) screw together so that they look like microscope microscope slides because I'm going to sandwich her there and then put her in the observatory where Chilton had his guts taken out. (laughs) <laughs> he, he also seemed to he's also seemed to have uh developed the ability to bend time yes because he does a lot of things in a period of time that it would seem to not be feasible right yeah. for him to do these things in that period of time I, i'm kind of pushing more ahead to episode six mm-hmm. uh, um but there's a point where he leaves his house for presumably a few hours and but manages to kill a couple people and and kidnap somebody and hide him in his house somewhere. Then mm. <laughs> not to mention staging an elaborate, you know, right, stringing thing. up another stringing up another body to to mimic the per- the body of the person he just kidnapped. Them, those are some strong uh, fly hooks. I'll just say that <laughs> they sure are. Wow, they he sure needs are. he needs to manufacture those. <laughs> I mean, what? What is the tensile strength of these fish hooks? It is. They must be it's made holding of holding up an entire body. Yeah, <laughs> steel beams. <laughs> Again, and we said this before. We don't come to Hannibal for realism. That's not no. why. No, that's what I'm saying. I, I think. I think that you know we're just in another you know plane of existence now. To, you know, it, it looks like <laughs> it looks like Earth, but it isn't entirely Earth. They they uh, they slipped into the time stream and they're in a, a different place where time moves <laughs> at a different frequency. That yeah, where where, no, where nobody just walks up and shoots someone in the head. They all have these no. like these like you know you know outrageous elaborate contraptions where the, you know they all get to you know, participate in the fallacy of the talking killer. You know. <laughs> 
nobody just kills anybody here. It's all very drawn out, very dramatic. Oh, no. yeah. Everyone's got a fucking monologue in this joint. They, it's just all brimming underneath the surface, waiting e- to go. Even cats, and she's dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, and she was uh she wasn't just like a featured player, man. She was mm-hmm. in the opening credits up until this point. It's yeah. that what is that conversation like? Like, we love what you do. We haven't really enjoyed having you on the show. I'm going to slice you into five pieces. <laughs> I think she knew from what I remember in interviews, I, I believe that she knew early on, like within in season one, that her character was going to die mm-hmm. at some point. So I know that that, but I, I don't know that she knew the how of it, but um, <laughs> I've seen like pictures on on Twitter of her, like smooching her, <laughs> the, the dummy that they made of her. Oh, I always yeah. wonder about that when, like, when you, you know, she, when, she your thought character, it was fun. when your character in a movie gets, like, their, their head cut off or something like that, it's like, it's like you get to keep the head. <laughs> I don't, don't, don't want to keep the head. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I mean, I, I have trouble with pictures of me. Nevertheless, a 3D <laughs> representation of my head that I can see from multiple angles that also is sliced in half. Yeah, but when you look like Hattene Park, oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's not, it wouldn't be tough to have that, an extra copy of that sitting around. Sure. Well, look at that face. I know. I recalled that this, this was how she was dispatched. But it's another thing to see it again <laughs> and to just go, this is this is all sorts of crazy. It is fucking bug nuts, this this display. And it is such a um, direct insult by Hannibal to all of these people that he supposedly wanted their time and attention from. Like, it is the most pissed off I think we've ever seen Hannibal up until this point. Yeah. Yeah, this is a this is a giant middle finger. He yes. spends these two episodes just like sulking, especially the next one, but yeah, he's very like moody in these two episodes where before he's been kind of looking into a dark glass, you don't see anything really. But here he's you see it like he's actually invested now. This is very much the the what we've been building to through the beginning part of uh the season is that the establishment of Hannibal, his feelings, it really (laughs) begins to pay off here because it's, it's one thing to hunt him or it's another thing for him to hunt you. Those are very clinical, but now we've mixed the professional with the personal and things go very much awry. And Beverly is, is caught in the crosshairs here. And it's a slap in the face to absolutely everyone Hannibal has been working with. And it's a real tightrope here. Like if Will was not in uh, an institution right now, would Hannibal still be walking the streets? I don't think so. The, The only reason he has the freedom to get away with something this fucking crazy is that he knows he has enough leverage to keep everyone else's plate spinning. For example, Will obviously is occupied in a place where no one's really going to believe his story. Chilton is too busy trying to prove that he's better than Hannibal. (laughs) Jack obviously is still reeling uh, from his wife's attempted suicide. And of course, her. did anyone anyone ever need a vacation more than Jack Graham? Jack (laughs) Robert? I Someone mean, get no. him to an all-inclusive. God's like, sake! Stat. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 a, he's a hard ass, and it's really mostly his fault that Will broke the way he did. And yet, really, this season you just end up feeling so sorry for him. It's yes. a re- it's a real hat trick, and I don't know that many actors could do it as well as Fishburne does it. It, it really requires all of the foreknowledge of him as an actor and mm-hmm. as many years of watching him do what he does on screen, you, you know, you just, you, him- you're just watching somebody realize how little control he has over anything. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, that's a hard thing to understand for anybody really, but, but, you know, particularly for him. And his, his constantly shifting allegiances over these two episodes is quite a journey for him to go from, Listen, 
we all understand. Well, I might not want Will Graham to be guilty of murder, but we've all seen the evidence and Will Graham is guilty of murder. To at the end of this, he's giving Hannibal the biggest fucking side eye and just he's like god damn it i got hornswoggled right underneath <laughs> me not once but fucking twice and he's pissed and the only reason i think he doesn't plug hannibal on site is the ace up hannibal's sleeve and that is the reveal that miriam lass is alive in a well there's a lot of callbacks to or call forwards, I guess, yeah. to, to yeah. parallel uh, track rhymes to sounds of the lambs, like a lot, mm-hmm. a lot, a lot, a and lot of to, hat tips in these two episodes, yeah, and to Red Dragon because there's the whole idea, especially in in five. Once uh, Will learns that he, one of the orderlies who's taking care of him is the guy who killed uh, the bailiff in the court. And it's who knows how much, how long that he has been a ongoing serial killer. Um, but the entire idea of the person behind those, those bars telling another person, go kill this guy. Mm-hmm. That's straight out of red dragon. Right. Yep. And it gives the biggest reason in the world for Hannibal during red dragon to do the same thing to Will. I mean, later in episode six, he even, uh, Hannibal even mentions the census taker. I'm like, oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, that was a bit of a cringe. Yeah, like, oh. And I don't cringe very often in this show. It's like, you had to do that, didn't you? You know, every once in a while, there's a little salt bay that happens and they make a direct reference that seems to cascade references on top of it. But, uh, yeah, it's just a wild confluence. Like, all of these things are sort of in a dance. And mm. uh, it is very rare. I, 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 I'm really hard-pressed to find a lot of parallels to someone doing the, a version of this that works as well as Hannibal does. And the only one that really leaps to mind is Watchmen. Because Watchmen is doing a dance, only it's not a prequel, it's a sequel. Mm. And it's dancing around the same ideas in a completely different way. And Hannibal does the exact same thing with all of the books and the movie references. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, Brian Fuller had to get really creative um, just because there are so many things that he could and couldn't use mm-hmm. um, because of rights. Uh, they very nearly, I don't know if you guys probably knew this, but they very nearly couldn't even use the name Hannibal Lecter. So Hannibal, I, okay. I'm so excited (laughs) to tell you this. Yeah, Um, please bring it up. So the, the name that Matt Mickelson was going to be playing this character was Abel Gideon. So Hannibal's name was going to be Abel Gideon originally because they couldn't get the rights but then at the last minute they got the rights um but brian fuller didn't want to throw away this abel gideon character so that's how he came about so he he definitely is not thrown away because abel's all over the place here (laughs) yeah there's not going to be any leftovers i um mentioned a couple episodes ago that apparently cynthia nixon's character was supposed to be Paul Krendler. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. their character's name ended up being an anagram of Paul Krendler. <laughs> yeah. The and show's instead, shot it, full of anagrams and references like that. And, and instead, Krendler got to be in Clarice. So, oh, what a ugh. step up. I, I, I think we know, I think we know uh, what, you know, who won out in this, in this, uh, <laughs> in this competition. I think you're referring to the Paramount Plus series, Clarice, now. Gina, it didn't get canceled, it got moved. Oh, is that right? Plus. Uh, Okay. Well, good for that, I guess. (laughs) Because what that show needed was like swearing and nudity or something. I don't know (laughs) what they're going to do to that show that's going to justify it continuing. That's going to make it interesting? Uh, Again, I've asked people, and there are plenty of people who listen to the show. So (laughs) (laughs) the, the idea, there's only like a couple people have reached out to me to sort of say, Oh, well, like this episode was kind of good, 
but I don't hear any details of Clarice. It just exists in a vacuum. It <laughs> went out into the world and just landed with a silent thud. <laughs> More of like a thwomp. Yeah. To think that I shopped this idea around of us covering Clarice, a <laughs> professional idea. Oh, my God. Someone tell me not to have ideas because that <laughs> may have been my least successful so far. And I say that as a person who said, let's cover the stand. And we oh, got two episodes. Well, in. look, we didn't know it was going to be as bad as it was. I know. It, it had it had, such- it, yeah, I was going to say, it had such promise. Yeah. And, then, and then as soon as I saw that Harold Water was a thin guy, I was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Hope's deflated. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, that that sort of br- brings to bear the, the idea of how to translate material into a different format, right? Because the stand had obviously been a book. They'd mm-hmm. attempted it for it to be a movie, including at one point trying to narrow it down to two hours, which I don't know what the fuck that would be. <laughs> I don't know what the stand would be in two hours. Mm-mm. That is wild. Trash. It would be trash. <laughs> it, it's like uh, it's like the um, the Ralph Bakshi Lord of the Rings that literally ends with, and then Frodo and Sam went to Mount Doom and, threw, and, and tossed the ring into the fire. The end. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing happened at after that, really? <laughs> All's well not that ends well. Yep. <laughs> they took a hike and they uh, threw a ring in and all's done. And, uh, Larry and the gang went to Las Vegas and everything all worked out. <laughs> Goodness prevailed. Right. <laughs> and in here, you have what would be a very daunting task. One that we've discussed a bit, but at this point, you're creating so much of your own original lore mm-hmm. that any sort of directional point that you would go, all right, eventually these people are in Red Dragon. Eventually <laughs> these people are in Silence of the Lambs. Like that gets harder and harder to do. And yet at this point, it is not unfathomable Mm-mm. to have these people and these characters end up as the same people they end up as in those particular stories. Yeah, I would think that with Red Dragon, um, and more thinking of how he is portrayed in, in Manhunter, mm-hmm. uh, that's Will after going through a lot of therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's not just him in the jail cell imagining antlers growing out of his back <laughs> and head. Yeah, I mean that—that that is a—that is a will who is stable enough to to you know, get married and have a kid and, and yeah, you know, just kind of living his life and all. Fix yes. fixing boats. You have to admit that his mind palace has pretty much been corrupted at this point. Like he's seeing blood coming out of sinks. Mm-hmm. He's having real issues and toys around with him literally changing places with Hannibal Lecter, mm-hmm. not just physically in that he is behind bars, but mentally from manipulating people to kill someone he doesn't care for or he considers to have been rude to him as it were (laughs) yeah i mean that's kind of what's so fascinating about this this version of will is that he because he's a moral person he has such a strong moral center he -hmm. can't let hannibal just be out there in the world and so it's it's hit it's Hannibal that he infects himself with Hannibal, basically. Like yeah. he he does this because he is so, you know, he's so moral. He's so black and white. And, uh, you know, this is where Will really starts to get into a gray area, which will only <laughs> spread from here. To put a finer point on this, he contacts Freddie Lowndes, who uh, comes dressed like the fucking Joker. Um, <laughs> you guys to- are so mean to my girlfriend. I love her. <laughs> I- tell us why before we get into okay. the plot machinations. I'd love to hear the other side <laughs> of Freddie Lowndes. I mean, Freddie, to me, Freddie and Bella are kind of two halves of the same character. They're the only two, like, no bullshit characters mm-hmm. in this entire show. Like, they they don't, they're not really hiding anything. They're going to do what they're going to do and fuck <laughs> everyone else. And I don't know. I just, I just love that about them. I mean, yes, she is 
absolutely sleazy and awful, but she knows she is. She owns it. So I don't know. I respect her. I just don't know what her exact motives are. I know what her goals are in terms of her business, mm-hmm. quote unquote. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how murderdeathkill.com or whatever the fuck she's running. <laughs> the Tatler. Excuse you. Murderstab.org. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, murderstab.org. <laughs> um, I, I, I know what her like, prof- you know, that she wants this material for her website and everything. Mm-hmm. I just don't know what her huge goals are as a character. I, mm. That is the, the, the one onion I can't quite peel. <laughs> and it's not to say that it won't happen. It's just to say in revisiting this, I found her to be the one element that you kind of do need someone to be the outside squeaky wheel. And she's mm-hmm. absolutely that. But the other outside squeaky wheels like Chilton, I completely understand his motivations and hers remain a mystery to me. I, I will say that, you know, it was nice that they gave her a, a, a small shred of humanity mm-hmm. by her trying to, to tell Jack not to go into where Beverly was so that he didn't have to see her. I thought yeah. that, that I, I thought that that was a, a, a nice bit of dimension to a character that otherwise is written to be pretty loathsome. <laughs> she is she's loathsome and i know that but i still love her <laughs> well i mean we're talking about characters one of which i have great affection for who eats people <laughs> and then <laughs> one point at the end of episode six invites a guy over to have his own leg and <laughs> yeah. manages to get a compliment out of that person <laughs> the, the fuck the fuck everyone <laughs> that is, i mean you're watching that... nbc <laughs> <laughs> yeah but seriously have you guys ever have either of you ever had bone marrow yeah, oh, yeah sure. it's yeah. so fucking good i mean <laughs> I, I, it's delicious it, it, yeah yeah I, I i tried it just kind of on a whim in a restaurant and it's one of those malls where i ate something i'm like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> like almost wept i was like this is one of the best things i've ever tasted in my life mm-hmm. i had no idea i don't i, I couldn't I, I wouldn't know for certain if it was you know from a cow or not it could have been a person i don't know <laughs> yeah i didn't see it being prepared <laughs> have Very you true. checked your back for horns not yet. <laughs> okay. Oh my god. But you know what? Honestly, growing antlers, you know, that would be pretty handy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, storage is at a premium in in a, in a New York City apartment, so I can mm-hmm. use the thing to hang some towels on. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but what are your what's your ceiling situation like? Because well, I'm pretty real, I'm, like... I'm pretty short, so I could probably get <laughs> some nice clearance going on with those horns. Okay. <laughs> You just don't want it to be too wide because you still have doorways to deal with. Well, and you, you know, want- honestly, it would make you know, going on the subway so much easier. I mean, no <laughs> oh, one sure. is trying to get up close to me with those things. No, 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 no. You're getting you're getting your own place in yeah, a I'm, subway I'm, I'm car. Getting my, I'm getting my very own car. <laughs> <laughs> and so if you had on your wish list, uh, I need to see Hannibal at a Speedo. Well, congrats, everyone. <laughs> You're gonna get to see it. Yeah, you get a you get a lot of Hannibal torso in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an extravaganza of half naked murderers. <laughs> it really is. Um, I mean, it really is. Props. Uh, thank you, Brian Fuller. Thank you for that. <laughs> I mean, the they're man both fit. Knows they're, his audience. Yeah. <laughs> it's thirsty middle aged women like me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So the actor who's playing this orderly, uh, <laughs> I know I've seen him before, but I don't know from where. Um, so if you've seen anyone being a murderer mm-hmm. <laughs> on a television show, it's probably Jonathan Tucker. Um, <laughs> He's played other killers in such programs. As- <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, Justified was, I think, one of the more recent ones That's before this. That's where yeah. I've seen him justified. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah that last season. Right, he's the rival uh, uh, quick shooter. Yeah. What is that? What is the guy who shoots faced? What the fuck? <laughs> I have Alpha? finger guns going right now. I'm the only a one sharp, in the room. You sharp, can't see a, a, a sharpshooter? A sharpshooter? Sure. 
Quick draw uh, McGraw? Quick, yes, I think that's the technical term. Quick draw McGraw. <laughs> He's a quick draw McGraw. And uh, um, here he toys around with a, a slight lisp and then decides, nah, I'm good. Yeah. I, I actually really like this actor a lot. I think that he brings this sort of weird energy, like this weird, like gleeful energy in everything he's in. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah he's he treat- always a monster, but yeah. He treats this whole situation like my time has come. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, I get to be myself. <laughs> um, yeah, it is a, a wild set of circumstances uh, that puts him in place where he was the one who killed the bailiff. So we now know what happened there. He also complains that it is really hard to get a dead body onto antlers. So I agree. Finally, someone (laughs) complains about the level of artistry that you have to achieve to be a killer on this fucking show. And and the the, sheer upper body strength it requires. I mean, you saw those arms, though. That's true. That's true. Yeah, he's very fit. He's very long and lithe and he's got those those gutters that mm. go down from mm-hmm. like underneath your rib cage down to your hip joint. Um yep, we how know many those. times have I mentioned that on this podcast? <laughs> you know, I think we've, <laughs> we've got a real this better not awaken anything inside of me moment. <laughs> uh but it turns out that that Will as 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 Bo uh, you know rightfully denotes. Uh, he can't stand the very idea that Hannibal's just walking around ha- having free reign out there. And he's all of his machinations that we're going to try to get him out probably aren't going to come true. So what does he have to lose if you have access to a guy who will murder for you? Well, mm-hmm. send him in Hannibal Lecter's direction. <laughs> he fucking killed Beverly. Why don't you get a taste of your own goddamn medicine? And instead of just doing it, this Dorcas Malorcus <laughs> decides to go, oh, I'm going to kill you with this, like, saw. It, it feels very saw to me. Like, he's not refined, this guy. No. Well, it makes no. me wonder, like, you know, is, is Dr. Chilton checking references when he's hiring <laughs> no. people? Because we also find out that, not, not that Gideon, you know, doesn't deeply have it coming, but but yeah. you know, two other guards you know, beat him so badly that he that his back is broken. Yeah, yeah. and I'm like, mm, who you hide her in there, Chilton? <laughs> it's not not uh not Baltimore's best and brightest. No, no. And listen, Will tells you know he he tells uh Gideon, uh you know I brought you here in order to force the truth about Hannibal to come to light. And you decided you wanted to play fucking games. Well, play stupid games, get stupid prizes, idiot. Like you (laughs) are on the clock. You fuck nut. You know, like let's work together. He's like, ah, no, no, thanks. I'm (laughs) I'm in fully in control of my capacities. And he ends up eating his own goddamn leg. So welcome. Mm -hmm. There you go. Hope you enjoyed that leg that's yours. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um <laughs> but to me that that feels a little bit like a, a, a call forward to uh the only the only scene that makes the movie Hannibal worth watching. Yes. And and that is where Ray Liotta has his own brain fed to him. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. which again is an absolutely absurd moment oh yeah <laughs> that that he is still alive to yeah. to be able to be eating you know still still being pissy and salty at clarice <laughs> which which <laughs> cracks me up and, and you know and, and oh that smells good <laughs> that oh that smells good is so perfect <laughs> it is the best moment in that awful awful movie <laughs> I, I almost want to watch it again because no I, you don't no you don't uh, <laughs> well there's a do. lot there's a lot of the, the the weirder shit about it they you know happens in season three you know obviously yeah. I'll just leave it at that for now but okay. but it's just such a like oh god that movie just so many decisions <laughs> yeah I mean they should have named it like you know a uh, old man prank calls <laughs> FBI <laughs> agent. <laughs> 
still trying to find a way out of this. Mm-hmm. I like he knows he's out of his league every time he meets Hannibal. And yet he thinks uh, this is the time I'm going to talk him out of something crazy. <laughs> he's like, oh, no, 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 no. You're eating your own leg now, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like you are out of your fucking league. And it it makes Hannibal, who we've always always known is dangerous, all the more dangerous. Like they keep finding ways to make him not a Superman, but very good at sort of juggling plates. Because at in at a certain point here, it feels like things are getting out of control. And yet Hannibal has found ways not only out of these situations, but allow them to insulate himself against accusation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Will really, it, the whole thing backfired so much for him because not only was he not successful, he didn't kill Hannibal, but he kind of turned like, I feel like Jack and Alana probably would have, come around to his way of thinking a lot easier had he not done that i mean alana's just against him now just nope you know so this brings yeah yeah so this brings to bear now we've seen alana to this point in the series uh be attracted to will and why not just look at him and now attracted to hannibal and why not just look at him but also What's the deal with Dr. Alana Bloom? <laughs> yeah, I, this is this is the only this is the only bit that I, I have pause with mm-hmm. is her yeah. just suddenly, you know, switching allegiances and like, well, I guess it's just you and me. <laughs> it's <just> like <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I've I mean, known you a lot longer than the rest of these swinging dicks, so why don't yeah. you use yours yeah, on me? Yeah, <laughs> it, it's just you know I realize that 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 grief and and you know you, you unusual situations sometimes push people together, mm-hmm. but th- this doesn't feel organic to me. No, Be- yeah. because she you know, up to this point she seems to have, you know very carefully delineated that, that this is someone she thinks of as a mentor maybe even a little bit of a father figure, mm. and then within the course of an episode or two she's like say, <laughs> well but, uh, I mean I've read enough romances that start well this way. F- fair fair <laughs> and, I, and I realize that this is this is hardly the only television series in which characters do a, a you know a 180 between mm-hmm. from not having any sort of sexual chemistry to you know falling into bed with each other the next episode mm-hmm. yeah you know it also doesn't help that you know Hannibal kind of has a weird sexual chemistry with everyone yeah. Whether, yeah whether like intentionally or not but there's always some kind of undercurrent there oh it yeah just, it doesn't feel right for her as a character yeah yeah um, can I ask you guys something? Sure. How different do you think things would have been if Hannibal had just learned to, had to, had gotten a kink instead of <laughs> wanting to be a cannibal? Like he's like, oh yeah, it's about control and <laughs> whatever. It's like just dude, become just... A, a a gray. What are right. these? Uh... Those Fifty Shades uh, Grays. Right. He's just, just got a, a fun room. Just and he get makes a people kink, sign dude. a contract. With. Just get a kink. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Eating people is not a good kink. <laughs> he doesn't strike me as a particularly sexual person. No. Like, like, like he has that chemistry, but I he, I feel like he would think, you know, the actual physical act of sex is a little disgusting. I mean, it's possible he does. <laughs> Well, that's true. I mean, he may have been going through the motions because that's what she wanted. And, 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 you know, he's trying to keep someone on his side. Um, yeah. If he had just shown up in an Agora sweater and said, you know, this is who I am. (laughs) Maybe that would have been the better way to go. Would have saved some lives. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's obviously talented. He's talented as fuck. Uh, of course he knows how to play the fucking harpsichord. The hard like 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 he's like fucking Count Dracula or something. I swear. Well, not only does he play harpsichord, he plays the theremin because Alana says harpsichord or theremin, as if those are the only two choices they could possibly be. And it's so weird that you said that he's Dracula, Gina, because I have written when he goes to kill, he goes to uh, you know kidnap. 
able out mm-hmm. of a mental, a, a criminal, a criminally insane just, mental institution. Just sneaking in again, like he, like he did with, uh, mm-hmm. with poor, um, what's her face? The one in the, uh, the, the tube. Oh, right. Miriam, yeah. yeah, yeah. But at least people are wandering in and out of a goddamn hospital. This is basically a prison, and he just saunters in like he's <laughs> fucking Dracula. I go, is Hannibal Dracula now? Because that's how they present it, that he vaporizes into the room. Like, the only thing missing is the flapping noises of a bat. <laughs> or, 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 or just like, you know, they keep, and they keep saying he's like, he, actually Will says at one point to, to Abel Giddy, he's smoke. And, and yeah. that, you know, again, that feels very evocative of Count Dracula and how you would appear like a cloud of fog sometimes. Yeah. Yes. I know Max Mickelson said that um, when he was preparing for this show, when he was preparing to take the role of Hannibal, like he didn't study serial killers or psychiatrists. He said, I, I, I read about the devil. Like, <laughs> because this man is the devil. So I wanted to play him as if he was the devil. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense because I don't think there's been any real serial killer that's been quite like Hannibal Lecter. I mean, there's no. there's, def- there's definitely been cannibal killers, mm. but not any that were, you know, you intellectuals or doctors or anything like yeah. that. Yes. Well, the entire idea that you can be this flippant about life and still like, I'm going to do some kitchen tricks when I make eggs. Like that person doesn't fucking exist. Right. <laughs> you're, right. you're at the point where you're kill- killing multiple people, like keeping a head in a refrigerator. <laughs> We've seen that guy and he was not fun to be around. People did not enjoy his presence. Right. Like, oh my God, I can't believe how well he smells. Like he smelled terrible and he didn't <laughs> smell well in an olfactory sense. Like this is, he might as well be Dracula. He might as well be the devil because it's yeah. so incredibly operatic and fictitious. Then again, all the emotions are real. Right. Yep. <laughs> uh, and then of course, at the very end, this whole play to sort of turn the tide by will in a sense has worked to some degree. He has pulled Jack over to his side, but also he has pushed Alana Bloom away from him. Mm-hmm. But now we have a new player in the field or, or at least buried underneath it. And that is Miriam Lass who's coming. And I cannot fucking wait. <laughs> <laughs> more Miriam Lance because we are literally at the turning point of the season. Yeah. We're at the halfway point where things are going to start to flip and holy shit, do things flip with Miriam Lance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we also, um, we forgot to mention that uh, initially um, Will is trying to press Abel Gideon into backing him up that the that Hannibal Lecter is the Chesapeake Ripper, uh, mm-hmm. and then instead uh, Gideon ends up blaming it again on Doctor Chilton, who who for once Chilton innocent he has he has <laughs> he, he, uh, he 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 has not actually influenced anything uh, Gideon has said. I won't say that I feel sorry for for Chilton because I don't because he is also loathsome. Uh, but he does his look of bewilderment and shock and surprise is, 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 you know, almost sympathetic. Almost. No, this is a real, uh, this is me sowing. Hell yeah. This is me reaping. What the fuck is this? (laughs) Exactly. What the sucks? (laughs) Yep. I mean, that's, that's the thing with like Abel and Chilton is like, they thought they could stay a step ahead. It's like, you are not even on the same field. Mm-hmm. Right. That was the problem. Everybody in the show thinks that they're smarter than everybody else. And I, and yeah. I, and I, and I, I think I said that before, but you know, you, you, you know, uh, 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 you know, woe to the person who thinks that, that they're, that yeah. they're, you're always, you know, has, they're, they're always one up on everybody else. Mm-hmm. But I love, I love when, um, 
uh, Chilton and, and Crawford are making small talk at, uh, <laughs> at Hannibal's party. And, and, and Chilton's like, you know, I, I have to make it look like I'm not on to him. And like, he's like, he, he's like practically like sweating bullets and like looking around, like his eyes are like darting around suspiciously. <laughs> like, yeah, Chilton has zero chill, man. Yeah, I you just, are. You're, you're doing great, Chilton. We'll never know. <laughs> I mean, that's what I love about this show is that it's, it's got so much humor for such a bloody show. I don't know. And Raul Esparza is so perfect. Like his facial expressions. I could just watch him like go from emotion to emotion all day. Just prancing about. Oh, he's as, so as good. His, 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 the bottom of his shoes do not touch the ground. And like <laughs> everyone around is like, would you stop fucking clomping? I can hear you from the next room. <laughs> Oh my God. Oh, so, can I mention one thing? Of course. <laughs> I That's give. what you're here to do is mention so, things. I just wanted to mention did anyone catch Zeller's joke um, about the the tree man? What, uh, what, what well, was it? Varicose vines. <laughs> oh, yes, 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 yes. I'm and sorry. He looks, I just he, thought he, it was funny. He looks so proud of himself, too. <laughs> and nobody reacts. I was a little pissed that uh, because I uh, obviously I've seen the show before, but uh, I haven't in a while. And I had written down, oh, they gutted a dude and and placed him in a parking lot. <laughs> oh, I could sing this. And then they make the actual fucking reference. Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> again, I thought I was smarter yep, than Hannibal. You flew too close mm-hmm. to the sun. Fun. I'd be on a fucking dinner plate <laughs> in about 10 minutes. Yeah. What so yeah, what I was thinking about when, um, where they were describing how uh, the, the, the tree man was killed. And so the other one was like, how long did this take? Because they're like, oh, well, he, he, they, they, he pushed the vines through the bottom of his feet and up through the... I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> how would he even do that? How long would that take? Uh, it's the magical folding of time that is Hannibal. Yeah. Like, he could just whip this shit up. <laughs> and where is he doing it? Did he like? Did he like put this tree in the back of a pickup truck? I mean, he apparently obviously, in the warehouse that Miriam Lass is in. Yeah, well, he obviously has a lot of like, you know, body warehouse places. <laughs> he just, <laughs> he just he got owns. all these. Just got all these like dead body sheds. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. you. If dead you're body be sheds. This prolific, you yeah. you have to you have to be a Boy Scout man. You got to be prepared. Yeah. He's got to have those giant glass slides ready to go. <laughs> like that isn't something you can just go. I have an idea. I need six months. He's like, no, fuck it. We got to do this now. Do you think you that know, would... and there, are day, and there are days where I can't even find a damn pen in my house? Yeah, for real. <laughs> I was going to say, do you think they were excited to finally be able to get some like boob on NBC? <laughs> even if it has to be bisected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like how every, every week I felt like I was just saying, how did they get away with this? Oh yeah. Because, yeah. Because they didn't care because they <laughs> didn't produce it themselves. They just licensed it. Like someone else was taking so all the risk. And then they're like, it's Fridays at 10. No <laughs> one's watching this. <laughs> the, like they did not care. And I yeah. heard this from people at NBC because when we were working on, I can't remember there's some uh, show that uh, it was a, a detective who was solving like folk tales who were like creature folk tale. Oh, fucking grim. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So we were working on like the launch of Grimm. And I'm like, do you want it to lead into Hannibal? Because like, that's a great show. And they're like, no, we don't mention Hannibal around here. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> oh, shit. You don't God. mention the only show on your network currently that gets good reviews? That <laughs> seems like a bad concept. Yeah. But that's why I don't work me. for NBC very often. Yeah, it just floors me that it was even on NBC. I mean, this is so uh, grotesque and beautiful and strange. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just, it's so much for a network TV show. It's just so much. It is. Yeah. It's a beautiful, beautiful meal. And, of mm-hmm. course, every meal needs to have dessert. And that, of course, for us is choose your own death venture. That's where we decide of the the deaths in this particular episode, which one would you choose uh, and why, and up for bid, we have be sliced 
in uh, five different ways and be put on display. Just get shot in a pool <laughs> or be uh, have a tree grow through your body. Um, I Other people do die here, but we don't really see how. We just know that they die and maybe become hors d'oeuvres or maybe not. We don't know. Uh, but we know we have three confirmed deaths here. So, uh, Bo, you're our guest. You get to go first. Well, I think I'm shy, so I don't think I would like the slides. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, the tree might be cool. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you're going to have to be up to your thighs in water for three days. Are I mean, I, okay don't, I don't love it. I'm not okay <laughs> with any of it, really. But, I mean, I'd like to at least be you know, something beautiful after I'm dead. Sure. That is true. The end results is, is the beauty of in, in pain. Right. Uh, Gina, what say you? I'm going to take the, uh, the tree death too. I I do think it's oddly beautiful. Yeah. And and honestly, if he's going to swap out my shitty kidneys for some flowers, I'm all for it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he ain't get he ain't get any good eating out of them. So he might as well do something worthwhile. Uh, I'm getting shot in that pool because uh, I want to look that good in a speedo. I was so, gonna say you're gonna you gonna walk around those little lundies? Yeah, all, <laughs> if I looked like that, Gina, Gina, if I looked like that, it's how I'd walk the goddamn. But dog. you got like you're gonna have to have some like weird like he's got like tribal tattoos on his on uh, his you know on his abs, Patrick. Tribal uh, tattoos. But I was I was alive in the '90s. Like people make mistakes. It's okay. <laughs> Yeah, I I actually have a tribal tattoo on my back because I was, you know, a teenager in the 90s. So, all right, fair, fair. (laughs) Uh, That just about does it. Uh, Bo, uh, where can people hear more and read more from you? Oh, well, you can find me over at the spool along with Gina. I also have a podcast, as you mentioned. It's called Let's Get Weirding. We're reading Frank Herbert's Dune series chapter by chapter and we're about halfway over halfway through with children of dune so god emperor is coming up next and uh it should be fun but that's at uh weirding pod on twitter instagram all the places excellent gina uh where can people find you on these here internets as Bo mentioned i write for the school um and i do television and movie reviews there uh, some of my upcoming stuff by Times Goes Live will be The Conjuring 3, uh, an anniversary retrospective on The Cable Guy and the uh, the very hotly anticipated Werewolves Within, which I am very excited about. And I am on Twitter under Porcelain72. Do it today, people. Check it out. You're being to tell me that you guys had chicken <laughs> and you couldn't use utensils, but you had Pepsi? That's the only thing I remember from the cable guy. Um, <laughs> we're on we're on Twitter with all the place. Please rate and review us on iTunes or anywhere you get your podcast. That helps us be seen and heard by more people. That's about it. Next week will be more kill by kill. Uh, don't worry, folks. The body count will continue for myself and Gina and Bo. Bye bye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye.